Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, man, I'm excited because we have a legend in the space. You've probably heard him on the National Real Estate Post, but today we have Frank. I probably should have asked you how to say your last name, Garay. Garay. Uh, Garay. All right. Okay. Garay. I was pretty close. Yeah. I was pretty close. So uh, thank you it so much for butchered. being here, Don't man. worry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, hey, man, welcome to the show. Uh, how's everything going? Good, man. Great. Hey, pleasure to be here. I think what you got going on is super cool, man. Thanks for inviting me. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, wanted to have a legend in the mortgage space on the show. It can't hurt to have someone like Frank on the show. So tell us a little bit about your background. For anybody who doesn't know Frank, tell us a little bit about your background. What kind of got you to where you are today? It's easy. You know, so I got into the mortgage space in January of 1987 and up until 2007, did pretty much everything, right? I was just street level originator, of course, and then found myself running my own brokerage for a little while. And then I wound up thinking to myself, man, I should try one of these big corporate companies, you know, and just see what that's like. And so I wound up dropping my own mortgage brokerage and I went to work with Wells Fargo Home Mortgage and I worked with them for mm-hmm. three years and decided, well, that's really not for me. Nothing wrong with them. They were a great company. I learned a whole lot doing that, actually. That was a very, sure. very good experience extremely good experience, but it just was something that, you know, I wanted to go back into the broker side of things, went back into the broker side of things in 2003, uh, started working for a pretty large mortgage brokerage in Northern California, Vacaville, where I'm at right now, wound up becoming a net branch operator, like a branch manager is what you'd say. I quickly grew the largest branch that they had. I had about 50, 60 guys working for me at any given time, had three or four shops around Northern California opened up. I love to recruit. I was a good recruiter. Great producer, had a lot going on. Then, of course, you know, 2006 and snuck up on us and everything was going bonkers and crazy, you know, and I knew that something had to break. It was like, this makes no sense. You know, I just don't get it. So I started getting some coaching because I wanted to coach my people because I just didn't know what was going to happen, of course, but I just had this feeling, you know what I mean? Like, Luke, it was like something was going to go wrong. So I started trying to coach my guys as soon as the market started to shift and turn and worsen for us as far as originations were going, started to unravel. I fell upon just doing video, right? YouTube wasn't even bought by Google yet. I won't get to the details of the story, but I wound up falling upon video and I started doing a video every day for my loan officers, giving them some sort of sales nourishment. And then we started to roll in a little bit of industry news. I got absorbed by the parent company because it all just really started to implode. My first video was July 2nd, 2007. But after the market just completely caved in and imploded, we were absorbed into the corporate office. But they told me, keep doing that video thing because we're sending it to all of our loan officers. They had like almost 2,000 loan officers. We're sending it to them, right? So keep doing that. And so I did. And I wound up connecting with Brian Stevens, my partner from the National Real Estate Post. And you know, the rest is history. The next 15 years became just a wild and crazy ride for us. Kind of caught lightning in a bottle, you know, Luke, like it was just, we happened to be doing the right thing at the right time. And everybody was riveted to us in the mortgage industry. We quickly grew a very large following. And for, you know, 15 years, we're flown all around the country constantly, treated like royalty, you know, we're these kind of rock stars. And Brian still is, he's still doing the National Real Estate Post. A year ago, like I told you in the green room, I just turned 60 just a couple of days ago. I'm 10 years older than Brian. So a year ago, I hit up Brian. I go, man, 
So you still got a lot of piss and vinegar left in you, brother, you know, and we do a show every single business day. So keep that in mind for 15 years, we produced mortgage and real estate content every single day for 15 years and got that distributed. And he still does have a really huge following and yeah, but it was just time for me to make a move, Luke. You know, it was just time for me to change. And I'm so glad I did. I just feel I'm in a great place today. I'm, I wound up connecting with, I've been friends with Carl White, the marketing animals for many, many years. Me and Carl go back maybe 15, 20 years. And so it was just a natural fit for me to kind of slide over there. Now I host the Loan Officer Breakfast Club, you know, Monday through Thursday for, for marketing animals amongst a handful of other things. Now that I'm just the independent Frank Gray, I kind of wear a handful of hats and sure. I'm really enjoying it, brother. But uh, so I've been about, 35 years in this industry. I am back to co-managing a really successful mortgage branch. It's kind of a national branch, I would say more of a team. So I'm back down to street level stuff, coaching street level, much like you. And it's going to be the way I'm going to finish this thing out. You know, I don't know how many years are left in me, Luke, but I'm thinking at least five, maybe seven, Sure. but that's how I kind of wanted to end it all, you know, and I wanted to kind of seal off my, if you could call it a legacy, you know, a legacy with being that guy, you know, the guy that's actually helping kids come up into biz, you know, love so that's it, where love I'm at. Yes. Yeah. So these days, what you're doing, obviously you're doing that branch sort of manager thing. What, yeah. what are you kind of doing from a coaching perspective in that regard? Like what does kind of the day-to-day look like in terms of that? Like, are you doing similar things or are you doing a daily video or is it a little different than? No, no. What we really focus on is, well, again, I'm with mortgage marketing animals. Carl sure. has what we call our daily success plan, which is a 20 year proven plan that just works. Like we were talking about before, you know, if you got a plan and you work it, it's probably going to work. Right. Right, And so the daily success plan is one is the plan that over, you know, 20 years of experience running a mortgage company and running mortgage branch that, you know, Carl's found out this is what moves the needle the most, you know, this is what moves it the most. And it's a combination. If we're going to get into that, it's a combination of tech, right. And of, you know, down and dirty street fighting. Right. 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 It's the combination of the two that really puts it on steroids. And so as far as what am I doing now with regard to the coaching aspect, primarily loan officer breakfast club every day. And then within our branch, we definitely drill home the daily success plan and coach our people to adapt to it. Right. Basically bringing on assistance because you're right. You know, nobody likes to cold call, but you know, you can pay somebody 15 bucks an hour, he'll dog on it, they'll cold call for you, you know, and we believe in using assistance and that type of thing. So just coaching individuals and coaching them to become a small team and then coaching them to become a bigger team. You know, we like to bring people along from an individual person to suddenly you're an individual person that's got five or six people on your team that's, you know, closing 30, 40 deals a month and month out, no problem. I love it. I I mean, that's where we're at. Yeah. I think that's cool because I think that part of what you're doing is you're shifting people's mentality from a, almost like a W2, like this is a job to, hey, I'm running an actual business. Yes. And in order to do that, we need to have systems and processes and people and things Correct. like that that need to be implemented. And I think so many times, you know, especially for loan officers just kind of starting out, like, or even when they grow, like, you know, especially over the last two years, we've had two of the biggest years ever. And like one of the hardest parts, I think, in growing a business is going from being a solopreneur to growing a yeah. team. That's one of the hardest shifts yeah. because you have to fundamentally shift the way you think about what you do. Cause like you go from being the grinder that does everything day to day. And then you have to turn into the person that delegates, that leads, that coaches, that does all these things. So like talk a little bit about that shift. Cause I think that's a super important thing to talk about for anybody who's listening mm-hmm. is like, how do you shift from being that, you know, solopreneur that's doing everything to this idea that, okay, I'm going to have to unfortunately give a little piece of the pie away, right? Like, yeah, you're maybe not yeah. going to be as profitable short term, but in the long term, you get your life back. Correct. Yeah. No, making that shift is always horrifying to most people, 
right? Mm -hmm. Most people are like, take on a person and like be responsible to make sure not only I can eat, but they can eat too. You know, it's kind of a scary prospect, but I think the way that we help and the way that I've seen people be able to do it is, is if you've got a plan, right? Mm -hmm. It'll make it easier, right? If you've got not only a plan for yourself, but if you know that when I, okay, the first person that I bring onto my team, I know exactly what they're going to be doing, right? It's not a mystery. It's not going to be something I'm winging, you know? So it's really important to know. And this goes back, not just Carl, but boy, I remember uh, years ago, brother, when I was at Wells Fargo going to the Todd Duncan high trust sales, right? They brought him in and Sure. He gave everything. And I don't know, he probably didn't come up with this. This is just common sense, really. But first I heard it was from him. But it's, you know, as you're going through your day and as an originator and you're looking at all the things you do, you know, he said, literally, it seems neurotic, but you write down every second of the day, everything you're doing every day. And you got to do that for a couple of weeks, right? But eventually what's going to come to light is, you know, out of all the things I do during the day, there's this glob of work that, man, I need somebody else doing this, right? right? So right. you can identify those things that need to get done, but don't necessarily need to get done by me, right? Sure, These are things sure. that could get done by somebody else if I taught them how to do it. And there has to be enough things there to keep them busy right. to make sure that they are getting those things done. But from there, you're going to be able to build a very defined job description for somebody and before you hire your first person, you got to know exactly what that job description is. And you got to know exactly what you're going to need them to do. And you're going to want to make sure that the things they are doing are going to free you up to do the things that you need to do in order to bring in more business. The whole point of bringing somebody on is to bring in new business. And right, let me tell you, right. coming from a guy that's managed people for many years in this industry, I can't tell you how many times I've had originators come to my branch. I want an assistant. And I'm like, okay, because I had a deal way back in the day. I'll pay half, you pay half, but I want to see your production go up. So many times, brother, production didn't go anywhere, right? Right, right. Now they had more time to go play golf, you know, or sit around, you know, sure, and sure. they weren't making any money. They were making less money because now they're supporting right. an assistant and I'm supporting an assistant. We're both making less money, but right. that's because there just wasn't a really well-defined plan for the person and, you know, not a very clear job description. So, I mean, that's not the way you want to handle it. You want to go into it knowing exactly what these people need to do. You know, Carl always says about eight loans per month, you know, every eight loans, you should have one assistant, right? So about every eight to 10 loans, we need an assistant. So if we're doing 20, probably need two, right? We're doing 30, probably need three, you know, and so on and so on and so on, because there's only so much business that everybody can handle, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's important, right? Auditing your time to understand like, where is your time going? You're also going to find that you're probably spending 90% of your time doing, you know, non-revenue generating activities. Totally. And realistically, as a salesperson, right? I mean, because an LO, that's what you are as a salesperson. You should be right. spending 90% of your time doing revenue exactly. generating activities. And, yeah. and what we see a lot of times in this industry is the curse of two to three loans a month, right? Like these people are stuck in a two to three loans a month because they're right. processing their own loans. They're chasing conditions. They're doing this, they're doing that. And what they do is they forget that what brought in the business two or three months ago is the activity they're no longer doing. Correct. Right. And I don't know if you've ever read the book, Fanatical Prospecting, but one of the things he talks about is the 30 day rule, right? Like the actions you take over the next 30 days are going to have an impact in your business over the next 90 to 120 days. Totally. Right? So especially yeah. in the mortgage industry where like, you know, the sales cycles are longer, especially these days with inventory shortages and things like that is people need to understand yeah. that like you need to have a system in place and you talked about it, right? Finding a system. And one of the things that first I did, I delegated my first thing was actually like 
prospecting, some of the cold email and things like that, that I was doing, I was like, well, I know I'm not consistent with this. So how do I find someone, you know, a virtual assistant? How do I automate yes. the processes? And those are the ways that people need to think is like, what can you automate? Yep. And obviously you got to have the production justify it, but automate I think automation, you don't have to, yeah. right? Automate, delegate, or eliminate, right? Are the three things right. that we Perfect. want to talk about. Exactly. Right on the screws, man. Right on the screws. That's the way it is. And here's where loan officers get snagged up on this too, is as, especially if we're a good, right? If we get to be really good at what we do, you know, we're just all naturally proud of that, you know? And sure. we think nobody can structure a deal like me. I'm right, the man right, or I'm right. the woman. You know what I mean? That's why they come to me. I'm going to get it done. Right. Right. And we feel that way because we're good at what we do. We know the guidelines in it. We know all this stuff. And that's the piece that we have the most difficult time letting go of because we just don't feel like anybody can do it as good as us. Right. Right. So we may get an assistant to chase conditions. We may get an assistant to make some phone calls and do some things like that. But by golly, I'm doing that loan structuring, right? Well, what you'll find though is, is that I'm sorry, brother, but you can only structure so many deals a day, right? right? Even that you will be limited on what you can do. There's a certain point where you can only structure so many deals a day. And right. so we right. actually do have to understand that, you know, there's other people out there that are, I hate to say it, they're just as smart as you. Okay. Right. And right. they're just as capable as you. <laughs> Okay. Right. And they don't want to go out and get new business. They just want to sit around and structure deals. That's kind of what right. they dig too, right. you know? And so when you can figure that piece out and go, it's okay, I can let somebody else structure these deals because they are as smart as me or, you know, Carl likes to say, hey, even if they're 80% is good, that's good enough. Yeah, That's what I like to say. Right? Too. 70 to 80% <laughs> is all you need, right? You really that's don't need, you need 100%. Man. It's good enough, you know, but right. if you can start to delegate that out as well, and now you've got somebody doing that for you, you've got conditions getting nailed down. You even got some people doing some prospecting for you. Well, now what's left for me to do? Well, what's left for me to do is to find all those other things that I love to do that I'm really good at that generate the business in the door and focus on those things. You know, I like to talk about Jen Conley out in Ohio. She's in this little town in Ohio. She's extremely successful. She does one third of the business in her whole county. A third of it. Wow. A third of it in her county goes through her. And it's just because she was able to give up control. <laughs> she was able to do it, man. And look, you got to understand too, something Carl said on Breakfast Club today is that, you know, we're not out here trying to build a tent. We're trying to build a castle. Okay. Sure. And it takes a lot longer to build a castle and a lot more work goes into building a castle than it does to pitch a tent. Right. So it, it takes time. You know, Jen Conley didn't get there overnight. This is a 12 year process for Jen Conley. Right. Took 12 years. Well, Jen Conley today, she doesn't originate loans, but she does one third of the loans in her county. She doesn't take a loan application. She right. does one third of the loans in her county. She doesn't structure any deals. She does one third of the loans in her county. She doesn't price. She doesn't chase conditions. She doesn't do any of that. But everybody that goes through that shop believes Jen Conley did my deal, right? right. It was all Jen Conley. You know, you sure. go to see Jen Conley, even though she doesn't do any of it. That's right. possible. Right. It's not a pipe dream. You can do it. But it all starts, like you said, what did you call it? Solopreneur, 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 right? So you yeah. you can go from solopreneur to running a castle. You can. You just you've got to go through that process, you know. And you have to be able to yeah. understand you got to give up some control and get some help. You need help. There's no other way to do it. And I think the other thing that uh, is super pivotal in that is you have to shift the way you view it, right? Like I think that's the biggest issue that people have is like, I can't find good people. I can't this, I can't that. Because like mm -hmm. they have this false expectation that one, people are just going to come out the box, like ready to go and have the same exact skill set that you have 
you know, 30 days in, like the truth is it might take someone six to nine months to be up to speed to where they need to be. I mean, unless they have a ton of experience, things like that. But I think part of the problem and people don't want to admit this is they're poor leaders. They just haven't learned to be a good leader yet. Right. And so they don't know how to delegate. They don't know how to structure things. And so they immediately want to project these things. And I'm going to take that even for myself as building this business. Like I feel like I finally over the last like six months have learned this idea of like, you need to show up. Like part of my role as CEO, as owner is I need to develop my people, right? That's like my biggest role is finding good people, developing good people, right? It's not so much like all the other things are important, but it's a shift in the way you think about it and the shift in the way you also view it. The other thing is too, is like mindset is so important. So many times we're like, oh, I can't find good people. Well, guess what? You're never going to find good people if you keep that mindset, right? Like if you keep saying that, that's all you're going to get because it's a reflection of your mindset. Um, And I'm not like big into like, you know, woo woo and all that stuff, but I do believe that like your intentions are going to create your realities. And so, you know, I do think there are, there's plenty of good people out there. Especially now. You might have to kiss quite a few frogs, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's easy. Yeah, you do your best, you know, you do your best to interview people, you do your best to set up a very clear job description, you do your best Mm -hmm. to try and find people to say, that's me, that's what I like to do. And that's what I want to do. And honestly, today, with this shift of rates bumping up, there's going to be just so many originators. Unfortunately, a lot of originators are going to go by the wayside. It's just going to happen. And that's how it is. And it is unfortunate, but that does mean there's going to be a nice pool of talent out there. People that are really right. good at structuring loans and right, really good right, at right. doing all the things that, you know, we need them to do, you know, and these are peeps that, you know, maybe they got into the business when, you know, the getting was good, you know, they didn't really right. have to do anything. They don't have the experience on what it's like to be an originator and more of a regular market. Like is where we're really at right now. It's just, right, you know, right. refi booms come and go and they're not here a lot more than they are here. Right? right. So it's being an originator today is more the normal of what it's like to be an originator. So there's probably a ton of guys out there, a ton of gals that have great structuring experience, that kind of thing, who just never been in this type of a market who maybe they just don't have the constitution for it, but gosh darn, they'd be a great team member right now. They'd be a wonderful sure. team member to have, you sure. know, and they probably sure. love that role, you know? So yeah. I think the talent think, pool is there. I think there is too. I mean, obviously there's a lot of good people that have been laid off just because volume's down. And the other thing too, mm-hmm. is like, you talked about this, right? Well, some loan officers, like, you know, unfortunately sometimes there's a little bit of ego in play, but some loan officers that are closing one, two, three loans a month, they could probably make a lot more money just being the person that structures a loan for someone who's closing 20 loans a month. Absolutely. You, know what I mean? you hit it right on the head. You're right. They're probably really good at it. And they could right. probably double their income by becoming a team member of somebody who knows how to deal with this type of a market, who's right, you know right. a professional at this type of a market. And there's well, a lot it, of them who, out there. Yeah. Who's a rainmaker. Ultimately, like as a loan officer, you have to have two skill sets, right? Like right. you have to be like incredibly good at sales and marketing and that sort of aspect, being good with relationships and those things. On top of that, you also have to be good at, you know, at the structuring of the loans. Like I think, yeah, while that's super important, I think the more important thing to grow a business is obviously sales and marketing. You have to be good at those things in order to grow a business. So while that other skill set isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's a great thing to have, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, like, yes, you need to know your loan products and things like that. But honestly, like if you want to grow your business the way you want to grow your business, you need to sharpen your sales and your marketing and your ability to have conversations and things like that. Some people just aren't cut out for that. Maybe they don't want to grow to that point. It's like, okay, well, maybe it makes sense for you to, yeah, structure some deals. Like some people love reading guidelines. I mean, I I can never get around that. But some people love it. I had a business partner, Dave Farrell. He was such a great business partner because he gobbled that stuff up. Everybody's seen it in the industry. You've got that one loan officer in the office that will outwit an underwriter any day of the Mm -hmm. week, right? Like, no, no, you're wrong. It says right here. 
you know? Yeah. So yeah, you're Some right. There's guys that are like that. There's people that just love that stuff and they're out there, right. but you're right. You got to be a rainmaker and the big money's in the rain making. Sure, that's where it's at. You know, that's where the real dough is. And that's where you can build a legacy. You know, that's where you right. can build something that you can actually hand down to somebody or pass along to a kid or someone else can, you know, even buy your business from you. And you brought this up earlier. And I say this all the time. I did an interview with the vision success team and their magazine sure. that came out and, one of the things that I brought up about the industry is this industry is so weird. It's so unique because it's the kind of industry where you have no limits, no caps. You can make as much money as you can possibly devour as if you just go get it. The other thing too, is that's really unique about this industry is you can build a business inside of somebody's business. So right. I don't care what right. mortgage company you're working for. Sure. You can create your own mortgage company. You could do that. Right. And that's another thing you can do. You can set up your own actual own business mortgage company, right? Or you can be a part of a mortgage company. I don't care if it's a brokerage or if it's a banker, it just doesn't matter. You can build your own business inside of that other business. And it's weird that you can do that, right. but you can. Right. Right. Very unique industry in that regard. There's not a lot of other industry that's like that, where you can actually be your own thing inside of something else. You know, it's really right. cool. Well, you see yeah. that. It's, I mean, some of the top producers in the entire nation technically are W2 employees. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, they are. technically work for somebody else. But I mean, yeah. you know, some of these guys closed a billion, $2 billion last year in yeah. production, which is insane, right? It's insane. Like, yeah. I mean, some whole mortgage companies are closing, you know, a billion dollars. And, and right. yet one team is closing that sort of one team, which is insane. You know, yeah. and it is something that's crazy. And then you don't have to worry about all of the headaches of compliance and call reports and all that fun totally. stuff you have to deal with as an owner either. Right. So totally. You know, yeah. Weigh the options, weigh the options. That's so, right. Real man. quick, let's shift a little bit into kind of some of the stuff we were yeah. talking about. I know you said you didn't think maybe you were going to be the right fit for this podcast just because of the way, you know, the intro is set up, but I think you're great because I actually like the concept of cold calling and doing those things. I'm a marketer that, you know, I think anything works as long as you do the work, right? Any marketing strategy works. You can cold call, you can door knock, you can use Facebook ads, you can, you know, do DMs, you can do Instagram, yeah. you can do TikTok. Any of those things work as long as you put in the work. So what would you say are kind of the principles that you tend to teach or tend to train on for the people that you're coaching? Really, it comes down to conversations. And I know this for a fact, I've been doing this a long time. It's just the more conversations you can have with people, the more business you can do, right? right it right. comes down to having as many conversations as you can. And more importantly, <laughs> is reminding people what you do, let them know, asking for the business, right? So it's yep. a, and I think the good guys and gals out there, they've really learned how to slip into virtually any conversation, kind of what they do. And if they know anybody that needs their help, you know, let them know, like you become sure. really good at doing that. So conversations, right? That's what I believe in is what animals believes in is having as many conversations as possible. And there's a number of ways to go about doing that. And it doesn't sure. have to be so cold call -y. I mean, certainly we can definitely, hey, man, if we're calling on a real estate agent that we've never met and they've never met us, that's a cold call, right? So, sure. and there's times that sometimes maybe that's what the answer is, you know? Right, right. But I like to attack it from, for me, the way I describe it is, you have your cloud attack, right? Your air attack, okay? And you have your ground attack. And I like working sure. both of them together. I think sure. sometimes it's easier to get really stuck in the cloud because it's easier to do, right? It's easier right. for me to make a Facebook post than pick up a phone and get rejected by somebody, right? Sure. It's just easier on my mind, okay? It's easier, right? So you can you know, have a lot of your effort in the cloud. And let me tell you, you can do business by doing that. You certainly can. I would never right. deny that, right? 
a lot of people make livings doing that, you know, but what we have found moves the needle the most in all honesty is, is if you can have a good cloud game along with a good ground attack, right? And if you could put those two things together, man, oh man, you can really do some remarkable things. I'll give you an example. So one way to do both things is to get a qualified list together of agents. Now, there's a place you can go. It's qualifiedagentlist.com. He's a friend of ours, right? His name's Richard Smith, wonderful guy. It's going to cost you 800 bucks. It'll be the best 800 bucks you spent. Qualifiedagentlist.com, best 800 bucks you ever spent. He'll give you a thousand qualified agents in your immediate area, right? He'll pick your city as the center point and go in a radius from there. He'll branch out as far as he needs to go, right? To find a thousand agents in your area that do at least eight buy sides a year. We call that a qualified agent. Somebody who's got a propensity or a probability that I can get some deals out of that person, right? Sure. So for the cloud attack, you get that list and you upload it to your Facebook page as a custom audience, okay? Sure. So now every day, if you want, you can post a little something directly to that custom audience and they're going to see it. Little short video, little image, a little something. Here's me having tacos and I do mortgages, whatever you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. But those agents that are uploading that custom audience, they're going to see you in the cloud, right? They're going to see this face and get to know this person, right? Then if someday you come in on the landline on a phone call saying, hey, this is Frank Array. Yeah, it's cold, but maybe not as cold. Right, sure, because they go, oh, you're that guy, that guy that eats the tacos and doesn't work. Oh, right. yeah, you're that guy, right? So you got a little bit more of an in there, but you know, the whole goal here is to just have more conversations, right? Try to develop relationships with agents, hopefully agents that are, you know, a little better, right? Agents that are right. doing some business, you want to connect with them. And look, man, there's so many of them, and you know, I tell you, Luke, I, I see this all the time. Right now, you've got people saying calling them is a waste of time. I'm telling you, brother, nobody's calling them. I mean, or if no people one. are calling them, they call them like once, right, maybe twice, right. and they go, right. this sucks. I'm not getting any. And I think, good, thank God you stopped because we're going to keep calling them, right? But if you can do the cloud attack along with the ground attack, as far as your realtor partners go, and this actually goes with your past client database, you can put all them in a custom audience. You can send stuff to them all the time as well. So you're top of mind to them, following that up with emails and snail mail. And of course, phone calls. You can really make a big difference in your business and move the needle. And, you know, I think I've diverted way off of whatever your question was. And I apologize for that. But, no, but the other thing is, is to remember a lot of this stuff I'm talking about absolutely can be delegated. Right. A lot of this stuff can be delegated. You can have somebody making your Facebook post for you to that custom audience. You don't have to do it every day. You can have people doing that. You know, sure. you can have people calling the realtor partner saying, hey, I'm calling from Frank's office. He's just really would love to chat with you. You know, he was on his to-do list today. He's super busy. He asked me to reach out to you because he's really been wanting to reach out to you. Is there any chance he could get together with you and just get to know you? You know, just get to know you. That's all. Just get to know you. All you want to do is get to know people, man. There's a great saying that Carl White says, man. Because, you know, everybody's worried about, well, they already got loan officers. They're a good agent. They do a lot. Right, right, They've already right. got loan officers. And you know what? You're right. They do. They absolutely do. Right. You know? But here's the thing. If they'll meet, they'll cheat. Okay. It's just the way it is. If they'll meet, they'll cheat. As long as you show your consistency. Right. As long as you right. show your consistency, you'll get a deal. And if you get a deal and you do it well, you'll get another one. And that's just the way it is. And that's the truth. Most people will stop. Luke, after just a few tries, that's where the people who are willing to go the extra mile and do everything that's really supposed to be done according to the actual plan, they'll win. 
they'll win. Right, right. It's funny that you talk about that because I just was recently listening to a podcast and the guy that was talking about this was saying that like, you know, sometimes we think that, hey, if we just like one or two X our efforts, we're going to get like all these results. And like, so he tells the story about when he first got started, he's a gym owner and he's like, he puts out 300 flyers and he talks to kind of his mentor who had told him, hey, this is how I built my business. And so the guy's like, well, what was your test size? And the guy was like, oh, I put out 300 flyers. What do you mean? And he's like, I don't ever test anything on less than a thousand. And he's like, okay, well, how many are you sending out like on a monthly basis? Like I'm doing like 50,000 a month. Yeah. And it was like, I didn't get anything out of 300. And I thought I was doing something wrong. I'm over here. It's like, well, no, you just quadruple or 40 X or hundred X your efforts. Yeah. And then you'll see those results. And yeah, I think it comes down to consistency over time because, you know, especially in today's day and age, people are distracted. We have social media, we have all these different oh, platforms, yeah. right? Like it's the same thing I tell people about leads is like the people that are most likely to have money down payment, things like that. Those people are going to be harder to get on the phone. Same thing with agents. The people that are actually doing business, they're going to be harder to call. They're going to be harder to reach. They're going to have assistance. They're going to be showing houses. They're going to be, you know, listing houses, listing appointments. Like they're going to be doing things. And so if you call them once or twice, and you're like, oh, well, they're not interested. It's like, maybe, maybe they don't even know you called them. <laughs> Right. Maybe they didn't check their voicemail. Maybe totally. you know, I don't check my voicemail half the time. So it's like, yeah, that's just the reality of the market and the reality of the society we live in as the internet age continues to mature. Like people are getting more and more jaded to these platforms and communication. And it is taking more and more attempts to get a hold of people. But yeah, you're right. I it, mean, it if, does. So talk a little bit about like one of the biggest things that people are always talking about with talking to agents. Like, how do you have these conversations with them? Like, how do you bring value? I mean, people always talk, hey, you know, got to bring value. Like, what is a way yeah. to bring value in these kind of conversations? Great question. You know, even if you yeah. don't have anything too crazy, right? Like yeah. what can you do there? So I'll just tell you what we do. If you're cool with that, you know, I'll I'm good with lay that. it out. Yeah, yeah. So the thing to understand is that what we call the daily success plan is certain activities we do Monday through Thursday. Monday, we're calling agents, right? We're trying to set appointments with agents. We've got three goals when we call agents. Number one is to get an initial appointment, maybe a Zoom call or a coffee, something sure, like that. Sure, Very sure. common, right? You know, that's the first, you know, one of the goals. The other goal is to, you know, heck, you never know. And it does happen, Luke, you probably know this from time to time. First call, I got something for you. Like you just happen to catch somebody at the right day, the right time. And they're like, right. I happen to have something for you right now. Right. So there's right. that. And then the third goal is to invite them to an event. So like maybe if you're doing something once a month, a uh, lunch and learn, you do lunch and learns once a month, that's title company somewhere. And, you know, so when you're making the Monday calls with the agents, we're trying to get an appointment to just get to know them or possibly even get a deal. You never know, or invite sure. them something. That's our goal on Monday. Okay. And I won't get into, you know, how often we follow up and what we say and all that kind of stuff. I'll just move on. So Mondays are really focused on getting with agents, building up our pool of agents that we work with. No, it depends on where you're at in your business, right? Sure. If you've got nothing, then yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, all day. Yep. In fact, scrap Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you do that every day. Okay. Right. Until you can start moving the needle. When you start getting a pipeline in place, then the other days come into play for you. Right. But if you've got no pipeline, that's all you're doing. You're working and getting some deals and that's what you got to do. So typically we do two hours a day, right? So we like from nine to 11, what we've found over years of experience, this is the best time to try and call them. You will get voicemails. If you get a voicemail, you leave the voicemail. You know, it's just, right. hey, this is Frank. I've heard a lot of great things about you. Man, I would just love to pick your brain. You know, if you got a chance, just maybe a cup of coffee, Zoom, whatever's cool, man. Just I'd love to talk to you. So you get a chance, give me a call back, right? And we do that up to 12 times. And you'll be shocked, my brother. Like on Breakfast Club, we hear it all the time. It's like, it was call 11, you know, that they picked right. up the phone right. and said, okay, let's have a lunch well, or let's right. have a coffee or whatever. 
then after we have that meeting, it's 12 follow-ups from there to try and get your first deal in the door. Okay. Wow. Now, and we're asking for the business. Now let's get to the rest of the plan, right? So Tuesday, this is the thing of value. What brings value, right? To the agent. Well, day two or Tuesday on our plan is what we call our just ask calls. This is where we're calling the deals that are in our actual pipeline that we're trying to get closed. And we call the mm -hmm. borrower and the co-borrower. We call the listing agent, the selling agent. We call the escrow person or closing agent and the insurance agent. We call it to six people on every active transaction. We update them on what's going on in the transaction, but that's the Trojan horse. We're really not right, calling. Sure. It's a good thing to call them and update them because if you don't make these calls, they're actually pissed at you for not making these calls. So it's a really right. important call to make. But that's just the Trojan horse. And we don't get into details. We just let them know everything's on track for smooth and flawless closing. Just want to let you know we're all good, right? We don't have to get into the details. Agents couldn't care less about the nitty gritty of the deal. Okay, they just want to know they're going to close on time and everything's fine. Right. Great. Right. Okay, but then we always ask. So if it's the borrower or the co-borrower, hey, man, just letting you know things are on track for smooth and flawless closing. Hey, before I let you go, happen to have any friends, family, or coworkers that might be looking to buy, sell, or refinance? You know, we ask for the business on every one of these calls. We ask for the agents, that type of thing. So here's value. That's what we do on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, on all of our closed deals, our pipelines, we call two letters of the alphabet a day. Yes, we're doing Facebook. Yes, we're doing mailers. Yes, we're doing emails. We're doing all that. But we also make phone calls on Wednesdays. Catch up. How you doing? Hope things are going well. Hey, before I let you go, any family, friends, or coworkers looking to buy, sell, or refi, right? We do that. Thursdays, we do our pre-approved and looking. So all the deals that are in the pipe, they haven't gotten into contract yet touch base with them, warm and fuzzy. You know, hopefully you can find something soon. You know, we're here for you. If you go into contract, let me know right away so I can talk to the listing agent, that type of stuff, right? Sure, hey, before sure. I let you go, man, any family, friends, or coworkers might be looking to buy, sell, or refi. So we're asking constantly. So the value proposition to the agent is my daily success plan that I do to make me the most money and get the most deals actually benefits you, Mr. Realtor, because right, right. every deal you give to me, when they come pre-approved and looking, I'm going to call them every week make sure they're still in love with you. And I'm going to ask them if they know anybody else that needs our help, right. right? And if I find somebody that needs our help, I bring that deal right back to you, Mr. Realtor, okay? And then when we get them into contract on Tuesdays, I'm updating them and you on everything that's going on in the file. And I'm asking them still if they know anybody that needs our help. And if I find a deal, I bring it right back to you, Mr. Realtor. And then if they go into our database and we close them, guess what? I'm emailing them, I'm Facebooking them, I'm snail mailing them and I'm calling them and I'm always asking if they know anybody else that we can help. And if I find somebody, guess where I bring them? Right back to you, Mr. Realtor. So my value proposition is if you engage with me in a transaction, I'm not going to feel like it's a successful transaction unless I can actually bring another deal out of that back to you and I, right? Sure. And even if it doesn't happen during the transaction and they wind up in my database, I'm still working those guys constantly to try and bring a deal back to you and I, because anything that comes out of that deal goes right to you, right? Right to you. So that's the value proposition that I like to bring Love to it. agents, because I think that most agents, if you ask them, would you rather work a bot lead or would you rather work a referral? Right. And I think every one of them would say, oh, give me a referral all day long. Great. Right. Yeah. That's what I specialize yeah. in. I specialize in getting referrals. You know, that's what I work on for you and me. And so the daily success plan is not only the perfect plan for me as an originator, but it's also the perfect plan for the real estate agent because I'm sure. trying to dig up another deal. The whole point of the daily success plan is dig up more deals out of what you got. <laughs> well, then you invoke the law of reciprocity. The other thing too, what yep. you're doing with the people that you're talking to is like, I don't know if it's a law, but the recency, right? Like a lot of times people forget pretty quick 
like what you do, you know, all those things, right? So if you're constantly reminding them like, hey, I do loans, even though you're doing a loan with them, like I do loans, like do you know anybody else? Like, oh, I just talked to Johnny yesterday. He was looking for a loan. Oh, thank you for letting me know. You know, so like, I think that's a huge benefit there. Cause again, people forget pretty quickly or they don't think about it or like, you know, it's just not something that, that kind of comes through their head. And so you're basically using human psychology to, uh, you know, get more deals. And I think the last thing that's super important about this is like, you know, not necessarily coming from getting the business, although I think it probably does have an effect on getting business is this concept of client customer service, right? So one of my favorite books is never lose a customer again. And one of the things he talks about in the book is how like customer service has evolved and changed over the years, right? In the 60s, 70s, it was like, Hey, if it showed up and it wasn't broken, I was pumped. Yeah. Now we have Amazon, we have Amazon where it's like, dude, if it doesn't come in two days, I'm pissed. Right. So you have to remember that like, as the internet kind of progresses, as that happens, like you have to level up your level of service and doing that is like you're killing two or three birds with one stone, right? You're, yeah. you're one, you're getting more business Two, you're making sure that they're informed. And when people feel informed, I remember when I was doing my mortgage transaction, I think I did a refinance in January of 21 every week. I was like, Hey, like, and I have insider knowledge. I know what was going on in January, 2021. I'm like, I get it. Like you guys are super busy, but like, if I don't know what's going on, like I'm going to assume the worst, you right. know what I mean? Like, and so that's something to remember is like humans are like, especially the traditional consumer knows nothing about the mortgage transaction. So if you're not updating them, even if it's not an update, it's just like, Hey, everything's still good. Like I, yeah, I don't really have so any yeah, updates. We're still on track. We're still, it's yeah. going through underwriting. We're good. The appraisals on it, you know, should be backed by whatever. Like that's huge from just that standpoint. And the experience is also going to lead to referrals. And I'll end it with one last story on that side is like one of my buddies in the marketing space He's like, man, the mortgage industry is like the worst industry ever. I've been trying to buy this house. They ask me for these things over and over and over again. They're asking for the same conditions, this, that, and the other. And it's like, I think that's a pretty normal experience in the mortgage industry, right? People don't necessarily want to do this process. So if like, if you can fix those things that like the average consumer, like just doesn't understand how complex this process is. If you can fix that and make it super smooth, it's going to help you get more deals from your realtor partners. It's going to help you get more referrals from the consumer themselves. And also, you know, like it's just going to be a better experience for everyone. So anyway, I just kind of went on a tangent, but. Yeah, you're spot on, man. That's the way it is. That's why, you know, staying in touch with these peeps along the entire process, letting them know what's going on. But gosh, darn it. Don't forget to ask for the business, man. I think a lot of us as originators, we think, well, I'm going to do a really great job. And at the end of it all, then. I'm going to ask for the referral, but I'm telling you, man, you've missed out on multiple opportunities because one of the guys with us on breakfast club animal, Mike Cardacia, he gives his story all the time. He was buying a house in Florida. And as he was going through the process, two of his buddies wound up buying two and, you know, he didn't work for the animals at the time. Right. Or, but he didn't think anything of it. Just his buddies were working on getting a house too, or they were going to go look and start buying a house. Right. His originator never called him and asked him, you know, hey, do you know anybody else during the process? Because right. if he did, Mike would have been like, oh, gosh, funny you should ask. Yeah, my buddy, you know, I'm doing a presentation in Tahoe next week, and I call it the ask for the business calculator. And one of the things that I've always taught, because I taught my loan officers to do this when I was running my sure. branch, and they did it, and it worked great, is as an originator, when we get a lead, no matter where it comes from, somebody says, either an agent or another client or past client or something says, hey, man, I got somebody who needs your help. Call them. I didn't come up with this. I learned this from somebody else. But on the very first conversation that you have with a prospective buyer, on the very first one, no matter what the disposition of the conversation is, you ask, hey, before I let you go, man, I'm trying to help as many people as I can right now. You don't have to know anybody you know, that might be looking to buy, sell, or refinance by chance. Any family, friends, or coworkers. Ask on the very, very first call. 
And two reasons. Number one, you'll be shocked at how many times somebody's going to say, well, as a matter of fact, I do know somebody. You know what I mean? Right, and right. the other thing, too, is you're kind of setting them up to understand that you're an asker, right? So right. as you're going through your process and continually asking them, right, they get it. That's what you do. One of our coaches in Freedom Club Animal says the way his team does it, too, is they ask immediately and then they let them know, hey, just so you know, I'm going to kind of be asking you a lot like all the time. Don't feel uh -huh. weird about it. It's just how we say goodbye. And we just make sure that we're not, you know, leaving anybody behind that we might be able to help sure. out. That's all. So just be aware. We ask all the time, you know, but we are looking for people. Okay. And by doing that, in fact, Jen Conley implemented that into her team. She says the conversion ratio went up significantly. You know why? Because the people that were making the calls, they weren't afraid to ask anymore because right. that's what winds up happening. You feel like I just talked to him last week. I just updated him last week. I asked him last week, I'm going to feel pretty weird asking him again this week. Well, we need to remove that weirdness out of the way. And we do need to continue to ask all the time. There's nothing wrong with it, especially if we set it up properly. So they understand we ask, that's what we do. But you hit it on the head, Luke. Most people don't understand that we work for free, right? We right, absolutely right. work for free until a deal closes. And so they don't, they need to understand that. Most people think we show up, punch a clock, and we look to our boss and go, okay, who's the next guy I'm supposed to get a loan for? And he says, here, it's Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Okay, thank you. I'll call Mr. Right. You know, that's what most people think. They don't understand that we have nothing. You know, we get nothing unless we ask for it. And if we can let right. them know that in kind of a cool, easy way, right at the beginning, the very first call, kind of set them up, let them know, hey, we do ask. This is what I do, you know, and so don't feel weird. You know what I mean? And then, you know, a lot of times people say, yeah, they start finishing my sentences for me, you know, before I say goodbye. They go, I know. Family, friends, coworkers, like, but, but I'd rather have that person in that state of mind, because let me tell you, if that person ever hears of anybody that might need my help, they're going to be, ah, I got yeah. the guy. You yeah, better call yeah. Frank because he's looking for you. You know, there'll be no question about that. You know, Right. I like that because I mean, salespeople in general, just, they don't ask for the business enough. And I think it's something that obviously coming from talking to the consumer, but also with real estate agents, right? You have a good conversation. You think, oh, we're gonna do all this business together, but like you never have, and I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Mann, but one of the things he talks about is expectations versus agreements, right? He's like, so many times people come out of a conversation having this expectation they're gonna do all this business together, but like they never asked, they never said officially like, hey, right. so like, are you gonna send me your next deal? Like, hey, yeah. you know what? Like, that'd be great if you could send me your next deal. Like, and then if they say no, yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, like maybe I don't Thanks. have to follow up with them anymore. Thanks for <laughs> right? not wasting my time. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. But some people just assume, right? They make assumptions. They think, hey, you know what? I'm doing right. a great job. Like you talked about, right? I'm doing a great job. They're just going to refer me, right? And it just doesn't right. know how that works, right? And, yeah. and part of that, I some mean, will, I think, you know, but you should. Some will. Some will. Some yeah. will. But I think there's also this, and I think it comes down to like, I call it hope marketing, right? So many times, and it's a little different than what we're talking about here, but it's like hope marketing is like, you think, hey, I do such a great job for people that like, you know, people are just going to want to do business with me. It's like, cool. Like, but yeah. if no one knows who you are and what you do, like, that's the thing with social media, using the platforms to show people who you are. Like people are like, I don't want to talk about business on my social media. It's for my family. It's like, well, you don't yeah. have to talk about it all of the time, but like, at least let people know, at least put on the top that it says you're a loan officer, right? Yeah. Like at least post like, you know, at least a couple of times a week, like, you know, it, especially yeah. if you're posting all the time. So it just comes down to how much money you want to make, man. I mean, how right. much business right. do you want to do? You know, right. if that's not important to you, then that's cool. But don't expect to go past a certain level. You're only going to go so far. And that might right. be fine for you. Right. Right. But if you want to, you know, destroy this thing and gobble it up, it really ain't that hard. You just got to have like yeah. we started with. Just like we started with, Luke, you just got to have a lot of conversations with people. The more conversations right. you right. have, 
the more times you let people know, you know, what you do and you're looking for somebody to help, the more business you're going to get. Just it. End of story. It's funny because I talk to most top producers and they say, you know what I do really well? I do the basics. You know, it's funny to me, Luke, and I brought this up on a breakfast club is we call it the basics. When we say get back to the basics, that implies that, well, we left the basics mm -hmm. to do something more advanced. Okay. Did we, <laughs> or did the market carry us along to where if we did the basics or not, right? We got business, right? Right, right. It's just getting back to the plan. I guess the basics is the only way you can say it. I guess what I'm trying to say is there isn't anything more than that, though. There isn't. Right, There's stuff right, you can right. put on top of it, but you can't let that go. You can't replace right. the basics with any. Sure. You can add on top of it, but it should be called the foundation, you know, not foundation, the basics, yep. but the yep, fundamental yep, activities that need to get done no matter what, every time, regardless of the market, regardless of rates, regardless of inventory, regardless of what China is doing, regardless of who the president is. Right. We have our fundamental things that we do every single day. And those are the things that move the needle and end of story. Yeah. We can add on to that, enhance them in some way, Facebook, social, other things, killer events, you know, killer, but we never lose sight of the basics, right? The fundamentals. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And just to kind of close out, I know we talked a little bit about a lot of tactics. If you were to start over as a loan officer today, like what would you go out there to do today to get more business? Like just today? Number one, man, I would definitely get connected to a group of people in a coaching environment, you know, where you can have people who know what they're doing, showing you the right thing to do in an environment where you can get feedback from those people and your peers that are in there as well. So, you know, be connected to a tribe. I think that's really, 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 really important, especially for newer kids. You probably know this, Luke, but a lot of mortgage companies don't really have that type of environment, right? Where, right, right. Especially now a lot of people working at home, you might get a Zoom call once a week or every two weeks or something like that, but it's really not where you can really engage. Loan Officer Breakfast Club is that thing. It's all free. It's Monday through Thursday, 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time, completely free. We have a couple, two to 300 LOs a day on there, and we're going through the basics, the fundamentals. We're hearing wins. We're fielding challenges. You're involved with the group. The most important part of that, though, is the motivation and the inspiration that comes from being with a whole bunch of other people that are in the same boat as you, right? Everybody's trying. Everybody's doing their thing. Everybody gets encouraged. Everybody gets motivated. You're going to have a lot higher probability of when that call is over, actually doing those basics and fundamentals because you've just been kind of energized to do that, right? You're not going to get right. in your own way, get all blue. You're going to go, God darn it. These other people are doing it. I'm going to do it too. And you're going to start dialing that phone. You know, you've got a lot higher probability of getting that done. The other thing is would be make sure whatever that tribe is, if it's not us, you know, whoever it is, just make sure that there is a definite, succinct plan in place. This is what you do Monday. This is the script. This is how to overcome the objection. This is what you do Tuesday. This is the script. So what you do Wednesday, mm -hmm. have a succinct plan in place. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of ideas thrown at you and you're not going to know, what do I do today? What do I do tomorrow? Right. Or, you know, that's what I would recommend for any of the new kids, man. Just get involved yep. with the tribe, you know, and have a very succinct plan. And follow that damn thing to the T. Don't divert from it. Don't make it up on your own. Right. Don't do part, not all of it. Right. Like you said in the beginning, there's a lot of plans. There's a lot of things you can do if you do them and you do them the and correct you, way. And you got to do them over time. Right. I think so many people are like, I did this for two weeks. It didn't work. I was like, well, yeah. Right. To come back to me when you've done it for six months, 
And now you're done it for six months and it's not working then okay maybe you do need to change something up right? yeah like, or maybe you're not right for this you know especially right. if you say you did it perfectly for six months and it didn't work and you've got a problem with the plan but like we talked about you know this doesn't happen in two weeks we're not building tents here we're trying to build a castle right and right. castles take time you know it takes time to get that thing built if you want to be an originator that lasts 35 years you know sure. what i mean if you want to be one of those guys you know that's the way you got to get it done and you got to understand it takes time it definitely yeah, takes time. I, I agree. I think the big thing with it is like people are so unwilling. And you talk about, hey, you got the freedom, the breakfast club that's free. But I think investing in yourself is one of the best things that you can do. Absolutely. I mean, over the last five years, I think I've invested 250 grand or more in my personal development, right? And coaches and sales training and marketing training and all these different things. And it's like so many people just don't be like, oh, I can find it all on YouTube. It's like, great. Yeah, you can find any information you want on the internet these days. That being said, is it going to be the information that's going to move your business forward? And again, I mean, any of these plans are going to work, but you need to have a plan. So thank you so much, Frank, for all of the wisdom that you shared today. If someone wanted to connect with you, or, you know, if you wanted to pitch any of these other things that you have, like where can people connect with you, learn a little bit more about the programs you're involved with? Loan Officer Breakfast Club. That's my main focus. That's where I'm at. That's my daily joy, you know, and we're at just, you can find it online, Google it or Facebook, sure. Loan just Officer Google Breakfast it. Club. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Dude, that was really Uh, fun, man. Felt good to have that conversation. And I think a lot of people need to hear that conversation. I really do. And I'm stoked for what you're doing. Impressed with everything you've got going on. I just know that, man, you're going places. And I know you've already gotten to places. I know you're doing well already, (laughs) but I think you're going places, man. You got some neat stuff going on. And I can't thank you enough for having me on. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Frank. And, you know, for anybody who's listening, go check Frank out, man. He's uh, got a lot of cool things going on. He's a legend in this space. And like he said, I mean, you know, if you want to last 35 years like Frank did, then, you know, listen to Frank because he knows a little bit about a little bit. So, uh, you know, and again, we talked about a lot today, but I think, again, I mean, going back to, I mean, the basics, right? I mean, it comes down to doing the actions over time consistently. And again, any of these things work, but you just got to follow a plan, follow a process. And get involved with other people. I think the biggest thing yes. that you can get from that is like, what's that saying? Uh, rising tides. Uh, Raises all boats ships. Or something like all that. Ships. Yeah. 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 However that yeah. goes, but that's kind of how it goes, right? Like if you're around like-minded individuals, you're going to go with that same direction. Just like if you're around a bunch of people like, oh, the market sucks and this, that, yeah. and the other, and that. And guess what? Those people are all probably, their production's all going down because, yeah. you know, that's what they're focused on. So I think with yeah. being a part of a community like the Breakfast Club is something that will definitely help you grow your business. Definitely. Definitely will. Awesome. Thank you so much for everybody for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.